Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Games cast. This is episode 109. My name is Jeffrey Morris. I'm here with Nathan Wagner. Hey, 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 howdy, ho, ho, hey. Oh, you've had too much packs this weekend, Nathan. Ooh, you are way too excited for today's show. True. Um, <laughs> also joining us, Rob Douglas. How's it going, Rob? I'm not nearly that excited. <laughs> uh, you, you would definitely be that excited if you uh, got to experience the insanity that is PAX this weekend. We wish, we wish you could have been up here for it. but uh, I know, we, that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, it would have, been, would have been awesome to have you for sure. But it was a ton of people, a ton of games, a lot that went on. And we played in a pretty good amount of games. I think over like 9, 10, 11 games, something like that in yeah, one we day. Only, really? We only went one day, so we, we played a decent amount for... The one day we won. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. We will be breaking down our um, experience and just giving you basically just tons of impressions of all the different games we played at uh, PAX. And that's going to be our main segment today. So um, it's pretty pretty cool. Lots of hands-on access of games that are not out yet, including a certain uh, ultimate game that is on, uh, I know, everyone's uh, wish list. So Ooh. We, <laughs> is it Sonic Team Racing? No, that does not have ultimate in the title. I'll, I'll email ultimate them to Sonic say to add ultimate. That, what, Rob? Sorry. I said ultimate Sonic Team Racing. Exactly. The only reason I played Sonic Team Racing with you is because the line was non-existent. We just walked up and grabbed a controller. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> not a good sign. That's not a good sign. Dude, it was, it was just crazy. Just the Sega booth was over in the corner, and it was one of the smallest booths like of all like the, I guess, AA publishers. And there was only like two or three console games, and then there was like a, a couple mobile games, and... It was very empty. It was, yeah. it was just crazy the, to think that the, 15, to, 20 years ago, they were like the big, one of the biggest publishers, one of the biggest booths at things like you know, PAX and E3. To, to give you an idea, Rob, the THQ Nordic booth, which THQ, THQ technically like died a couple years ago and then was reborn, yeah. was like bigger than the Sega booth. Yeah. Definitely. definitely That's kinda, crazy. Kind of crazy. But yeah. anyways, we got news uh, to kick off today's show as usual. Um, first piece, uh, Henry Cavill, uh, a.k.a. Superman from uh, the new uh, DC uh, movies last couple of years, has been cast as Geralt in the Netflix Witcher series. Uh, it's actually pronounced Geralt. Geralt? Geralt? So, yeah. I've never played Witcher. You guys can I'm, probably I'm pretty tell. sure it's Geralt. Is that right, Rob? That sounds wrong, but... Oh. Okay. okay, I think it's Geralt. I think it's well, Geralt. I'm Tweet sure, at us I'm at sure. HeyListen underscore games and let us know what the actual. Sure we're going to get an angry is. tea from Brad as soon as the show's over because I know he really likes the Witcher games. Uh, yeah, I, but uh, anyways, what do you guys think about this casting choice? I haven't really played The Witcher, so I was really wanting to get. I know Nathan, you didn't play a ton, but you did have like five or six hours in there. So, do you think this is a good casting decision? And will this finally break the bad streak of poorly adapted video games slash movies, uh, TV shows slash movies? Um, well, here's will what it, I know. Go ahead, Rob. Uh, will it break the streak? Yet to be determined. The nice thing about this one is that it is the Witcher series is based off of a book series, which is actually extremely popular and really well done. So there's and a lot so, to pull from. So you're really not basing it necessarily just off the game. You are basing it off of a book, which in theory, while movies and TV shows are never as good as the books, mm-hmm. they tend to do better than just video game movies. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it gives you more time to kind of develop characters and story and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, you got to imagine that they're, beige, they're basing most of the aesthetics and character designs and art and stuff from the video game, right? Yes, like, I mean th- that's what put Witcher on to, the map. To uh, to be fair, there has already been a Witcher TV series. Oh, really? Yeah, it was yeah. done in Sweden. Like it was a Swedish TV series because oh, so that's where. Smaller. Well, that's because yeah, that's where the that's where the, the Witcher comes from. Yeah, that's huh. where the author is from and stuff like that. So it was Swedish TV. That's why all the lore and the beasts and creatures and stuff are so strange. Is because they're all based off of uh, Swedish and Norse. Swedish uh, things you've never heard of. <laughs> Yeah, they're all just based like off of the, Eastern European the Netherlands fairy tales, types. Yeah, uh, yeah fairy tales. Yeah, well, and, no, it is very heavy, like fantasy and stuff. But yeah, yeah um, so this is a Nathan, Western. You're a big inspired... Superman fan, so like, do you do you think it's a good role for uh, 
for I Superman mean, here. this is basically the op- exact opposite of Superman. Like, Superman is all about, like, just helping people and doing the right thing. Like, he doesn't ask for any compensation or mm. heroics or anything like that. The American way. Yeah, exactly. The American way. The Witcher, Geralt, is basically the opposite of that. He's an outcast. He's looked down upon. He only, like, does tasks and quests and hunts monsters and stuff like that for money or when it will help him out. He doesn't do so anything like a, out of good free will. He's like so. an angry bounty hunter type thing? Yes, somewhat, okay. somewhat. Yep. So he's not, yep. like, the heroic type or anything like that? No, no, no. The, the opposite. No. Huh. Well, I mean, that could make for interesting TV shows. Yeah, I mean, like... I, I don't know. I think the Witcher thing was... I think originally Netflix was like, hey, let's do a... Link, or they wanted to do like Zelda. a Zelda. There was all those rumors of the Zelda one. Yeah, Nintendo yeah. was like, "No, we're still very <laughs> hesitant of giving out our IP." I mean, they've yeah. gotten looser in the last couple of years, but I think they still want to make sure it is does the series justice. So, mm-hmm. so when they couldn't get that, they were like, "Hey, The Witcher is really popular. Let's try that." That's that's kind of my assumption. I don't know if that's fact. Well, he can actually funny. talk though, right? So like, he might yes, make he it can better. actually yeah, yeah. talk. He might be better for TV than Link. Yeah. Would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think will be a big determining factor is how well the aesthetics are. Because, like, as far as acting ability, Henry Cavill, Cavill, we were trying, we were debating that earlier. (laughs) How do you pronounce his name? Yeah, Um, we don't know how to pronounce. He's a a decent actor. He's a good actor. So it's not like you know you're hiring someone that's a terrible actor to do this. And obviously, Netflix has a pretty good track record of bringing in pretty good directors and casts and everything. But what will the aesthetics look like? Because that's obviously one of the things that a lot of Witcher fans really love is how the games look, how the monsters and creatures look, how the world feels and looks. And so that's going to be probably the biggest determining factor in this is, does it feel like The Witcher? Yeah. Yes. Well, luckily, Netflix spends like, what, $2 billion a year or something like that on yeah. their shows? They, they've got the money and the budget. They have the money to it, hopefully if, do it justice. It was. So anyways... Not, nothing's really been announced other than the casting decision, so I guess uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, moving on, PlayStation <laughs> has gotten in the news controversially, has hit them yet again. Uh, basically, the uh, head of PlayStation uh, Japan was asked about um, crossplay. You know, they did an interview talking about lots of different things. Say, hey, you know, what's up with crossplay? Like, why aren't you guys doing crossplay? We, you know, everyone really wants this. And his response was, "Well, we don't do crossplay because PlayStation is the best." experience the like, best place literally to play. quote best experience quote oh yes unquote. yes like we are superior to every other console out there why would we let our amazing perfect experience on playstation mingle with the commoners and the the <laughs> the subpar uh experiences on other systems which i find hilarious because i mean literally the xbox version is the exact same model if not better if you compare the x xbox one x version to the fortnite version on playstation 4 pro um but what are your guys thoughts on this <laughs> i it's it's very arrogant uh yeah just mean, a little. but i mean playstation has definitely been winning i mean obviously nintendo's kind of on their own console cycle but playstation has definitely been winning the 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 uh console cycle this time around with more exclusives better content that sort of thing yeah we do have a better experience as far as the games are out there but the fact yeah. that i can play my xbox with you you or you guys can play on your xbox and i can play on my computer and then our other friend can be on their switch that's awesome yeah. guys i have a prediction for Get you guys one year from today PlayStation 5, 799 U.S. dollars. Oh, my gosh. Please look forward to it. <laughs> and uh, the, the cycle will begin anew again, and PlayStation will be uh, back PlayStation continues to dig their hole even deeper and stick their foot even further in their mouth with this whole controversy. I thought it was yeah. smart of them that they kind of were like, eh, we're looking into it, but we don't have an official statement yet. And I was like, oh, they must be working on like a really good statement to try and like appease everyone and at least... <laughs> sound a little bit like oh okay i can understand that or something like that instead they just say hey we're better than everyone else and uh so suck it basically (laughs) this isn't like a random like playstation like employee this is like the head of playstation PlayStation. saying this so i mean nathan that was the statement to appease the fans yeah i know that was the statement that's my point like they've been working on this statement for like two or three months basically and that's what they came up with and 
you know, obviously PlayStation 4 has the most consoles out there, but like still like I would never imagine like in 2018 Microsoft or Nintendo saying something like this. Like we have the far yeah. above best experience, so we're not going to allow you to play with anyone else like everyone else is doing. Like it just kind kind of just I don't know. It's just crazy still. So um yeah, moving on. Uh Battlefield 5 the annual Battlefield series likes to take on Call of Duty every year. They have uh, made headlines earlier this year with uh, some of their controversial depictions of uh, women in World War II and uh, other historical inaccuracies, but they have officially delayed uh, the release of Battlefield Five. Um, do you guys think this is just to kind of get out of the way of a lot of the fall releases and find a new window, or do you think EA is I think they're just not done out? with it yet. You think it's literally think development problems? I think they're just finishing up. I mean, what Battlefield... I feel like Battlefield and Call of Duty always get delayed. Uh, Call of you Duty know? usually sticks sticks its, its date. I Call of Duty is normally pretty consistent, but Battlefield, Battlefield almost always gets delayed. I feel like Battlefield 1 was delayed, like, at least two or three months. So, this doesn't surprise me. I... I, I tend to agree with Rob. I don't I don't remember if it was delayed or not, but I think EA had a huge fiasco with Star Wars Battlefront 2 last year when it launched mm-hmm. with all of that stuff. And if the devs were like, hey, we think we need like another month to polish it up. Or, there's a lot <laughs> riding on this game, mm-hmm. like as far as like DICE's reputation and all of that stuff. There's more riding on it than you might think. And so I think EA is like, yes, we're going to make the wise choice. And also they're like, hey, maybe if we like... Obviously, it was October 20th, the week before Red Dead. Everyone's trying to get out of that game's way. Maybe they're like, hey, there's like almost nothing else le- releasing in November now. Like, we will have almost no competition if we release November 20th. Yeah. You still get out before Black Friday. That makes sense. So it doesn't seem like too big of a deal. Yep. Yeah. But let us also, know if you're, go ahead, delayed, if you're bummed about Battlefield Five being delayed. Also, history check: there were women in World War Two. There yes, were spots. There were, in World but they War did II. not have robotic hands in uh, in uh, That's true. fight as portrayed in the trailer. <laughs> but there, I mean, there was you know squads of women, and actually one of the best snipers for the Russians was a woman. Yeah, the Russians are far beyond those uh, our gender squabbles <laughs> or whatever. It's whatever just yeah, <laughs> it's literally. It's not portraying anything accurately, though, which is it felt it, which felt is to true. me like yeah. it was more like, "Hey, look, we're, we're having a, a female on the cover, and look, there's this female here, female in World War II, and it's just completely, totally fictional." They run like, with the it a little bit more. They they're taking some, they're taking some historical liberties, but very, very heavy liberties. Uh, yeah, but every <laughs> other like World War II shooter has done the very similar things so i don't think feel like they're taking any more liberties than any other game dude robotic arms it's true, it's true. come on <laughs> that is ridiculous in world war ii um anyways moving on uh square enix and tencent group have officially announced a alliance and are teaming up uh basically tencent group is a really really big chinese company uh, they help out with uh, WeChat, Snapchat, Tesla, really, really big companies. They have like over well, five hundred billion own, dollars net worth. They, they own WeChat. They also have a hundred percent majority in Riot Games, which is uh, League of Legends. Oh wow! They okay. also have they have a minority in Epic Games, Activision, Ubisoft, Paradox Interactive. Um, I mean, these guys are literally. They are also, they have a, I think they are they're huge. the the financial backing behind i forget what it is but like the biggest so like three or four of the biggest mobile games in the world yeah as well i i did yeah i did uh yeah. i do know that they yeah especially in china like they just have taken Killed. over the entire yeah. mobile market there yeah um, they they have the bigger net worth than facebook that's pretty crazy <laughs> that's that's which is reach. crazy so this is huge for Square Enix to team up with them. That's like that's that's a huge company to team up team up yeah. with. And, and so and this Square is Enix an isn't getting like film. bought. You know, it's not going to like you know no. change the name or anything like that. Um, how I read this as is really they're going to be helping Square Enix with some mobile games because Square Enix has a huge mobile portfolio. They've ported tons of Final Fantasy games, 
Um, they have tons tons of experience. Like the newest Final Fantasy game got like a pocket version. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing they're going to kind of expand the Square mobile market and maybe also help out with some online infrastructure for some other games and stuff like that because they're that's kind of what they're known for as well. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, this do you guys is this think is we'll see anything cool for... come out of this. I think this is super cool because I think, you know, like Square Enix has already got a pretty good track record of making some pretty good games that people really seem to enjoy. And Tencent Group is just a huge financial industry. And, you know, being based out of China, where one of the biggest video game markets is, Mm -hmm. that means that Square Enix is definitely going to be benefiting from this a lot. And Tencent Group can, uh, you know, they're going to get money out of this also. So this is a win-win for both of these companies. Yeah, I hope that it will maybe help with whatever the Avengers game is. If that's going to be <laughs> the online. untitled Avengers game yeah, for many years, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Square does make a killing in Japan, so maybe they're also just trying to get into the Japan market more. Uh, like Tencent is. Yeah, Tencent. Yeah, so I think sense. that could be. Part yeah, of that, that would make sense. But uh, another news piece: uh, NBA Jam, um, the voice of NBA Jam, I think his name's Tim Kits- Kitsrow. Um, he has yeah. officially recorded a licensed Dota 2 announcer pack. So for a small microtransaction fee, you can have the NBA Jam announcer literally announce your matches in Dota 2. Is it like the same like crazy A lot of the same catchphrases, like boom shakalaka, and he's on fire. Like pretty much it feels like you're playing NBA Jam, but it's like, you obviously it's Dota. <laughs> like it's not changing the game other it's than really Sonic. funny. I was listening to it. I I will listen to the trailer and it's hilarious because like you know, <laughs> player goes in for one of their final moves and just you know blows this person away. He goes boom shakalaka. I'm like oh my goodness. You know if I played Dota two, I would definitely get this, and I would be all over this. But they would also have to change Dota two into like an actual like arcade sports game that I would like because I cannot get into those games. But this is great. I think think it's cool. Any any you know, uh, NBA Jam? Is, uh, you just offended half of our listeners. Wait, oh, are you saying we have a bunch of Dota two listeners? I've never. Oh, I, I don't know. There's all all the. I know at least uh, Sir uh, Brad. Brad, he has like, a lot of shout outs. He has like, man, <laughs> Brad, we love you because you support our show, even though we like basically rag on all of the t- types of games and genres you like all the time. So <laughs> from the bottom of my heart. I love you, and I'm somewhat sorry. I'm very excited for your microtransaction of NBA Jam announcer, but I will not play your game. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not good enough for me. Um, anyways. Dad, I still play RPGs with you. Yes. We have our, <laughs> our last news piece we just want to mention quickly. Um, EA um, came out this last week, and they have um, donated uh, $1 million to the uh, families and the victims of the uh, Jacksonville shooting that we um, that happened, you know, a week ago. And so we just wanted to mention this is a really cool move on EA's part, you know, not just to say mm-hmm. we're sorry or anything, but literally just donate directly to the families. And they also have opened up a fund and are doing more fundraisers so other people can donate and they can raise more money for those affected. Um, so this is just really, really awesome of EA to do and great for the gaming community in general to, to see, a, you know, big publisher yeah. like this care really about the community. Mm-hmm. So very cool. Yeah, we did did want to mention that we we bag on EA a lot, but when they do something cool like this, it's definitely worth mentioning and giving them a high five. Or I don't I don't know. What <laughs> lost my train of yeah. thought, but it's you know it, it's a hard situation. You, not not a lot you can do at this point, but you know that is a that is a cool move to make. Very classy. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to UEA for not just being a heartless industry that wants to take all of our money. Yes, Way hopefully Battlefield Five is good. All right, moving on <laughs> to PAX. Um, we were there uh, all day Sunday, and if you're you're not sure what PAX is, it's uh, a really the big Penny Arcade uh, Expo. Expo, I believe. The <laughs> yeah, n- term. there's a couple different PAXs throughout the year. I think there's, there's PAX East, East South, PAX, South PAX, West, everything. PAX so um, PAX West is great because Seattle already has a pretty big indie scene, so I really like seeing all the uh, indie devs that are able to make it um, to PAX West. But um, all the big publishers also have uh, lots of booths up as well. That was one of the first booths I saw was the giant Smash Bros. logo. As soon as I walked in, went over, and they just have this amazing banner that's like 90 feet long that just has like all the Smash Bros. characters on it. Like even like the newly announced ones like K. Rule and stuff. And I could just like sit there and look at that poster like all day. It was gorgeous. (laughs) It was was very, very, very. It It was like backlit and like, oh. It, it was really cool, but 
Um, let's Did talk... have any of the new characters that haven't been announced yet? No, no new characters. No, yeah. And they actually, no like... No unannounced characters. Jeff pointed this out uh, to me earlier, but they actually have, like, every time they've shown that, like, big Smash banner with all the characters on it, they have, like, redone that banner every single time they announce a new character and, like, move characters around. So mm-hmm. you can't, like, look at a spot and be like, oh, there's an open space that kind of looks like... I don't know, Barbie or Goku or something Barbie. like that. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, it, they, they've redesigned the entire artwork. So, like, there's not really any gaps. It looks like it's a complete piece. And then when they announce, you know, a couple more characters, they'll redesign it again and move characters around and make room for, for people in Photoshop mm-hmm. and stuff. So um, they're, they're very sneaky about it. But um, the Smash build was the E3 demo. So it had Ridley, um, Inkling, um, the new Splatoon, and Breath of the Wild stages in a... Um, Lots of other, you know, past returning characters as well. But um, I just want to say, first of all, like, this game feels faster than Smash 4. It, the feel of the game definitely is a lot faster. And just from playing even one two-minute round, like, I could already tell this was a brand-new Smash game that I was going to have to relearn, relearn the intricates of, you know, the, the physics and the combat and um, all those different things. Did you get that impression as well, Nathan? Yeah, it de- definitely didn't feel like Smash 4... Um... The, especially the speed of the game just and how characters move like each character felt a little bit different and even when i was i i played the two new characters but uh when i was facing other familiar characters mm. a couple of them moved a little bit differently or did something that was that was unexpected so it's definitely how were the new characters so the new characters that were available were like jeff said ridley and inkling girl and then all of the rest of the characters i think there was about 20 in the demo is that right yeah i think there's around 20 i, I didn't count uh, all the rest of them okay, were yeah. all returners from in some way or another yeah so so um inkling i actually liked more than ridley which surprised me i thought i was gonna like ridley more no, wow. uh but R- inkling is just so cool because um all of his moves are very you know directly pulled from splatoon so like the side b is the roller um the up b is a squid jump when you do his directional air dodges he like goes from like inkling into like squid form um and then he just is super cool because a lot of his moves like have easy combos where you're bringing out the splatter shot mm-hmm. and shooting people and then he has a unique mechanic where if you hold down the shield button in b he will go down into the ink that you've shot and refill which like makes your attack stronger and you need ink for like a lot of your different attacks you can actually run out of ink and then you won't be able to attack yeah yeah and the ink i think does like damage over time or increases damage on on enemies and stuff so a lot of really really cool interesting mechanics that i was not able to comprehend in one match like like, yeah so i definitely want to play a ton of them when he comes out and figure it out what'd you say rob it sounds it sounds pretty powerful but do you think the the running out of ink and not being able to attack was kind of their answer to maybe people calling out like op yeah well he's definitely Um, a lighter character so he's not really a power i I don't i don't think people like i don't think people have played this game enough to say whether it's op or not um but i think it was just them being very very faithful to the series that's what smash brothers does they take Mm -hmm. a character and make it use all of the moves from the series and that was just another way they made were very faithful to splatoon yeah yeah it did not feel like it was like uh clone or a you know cheaply put together character there was a lot of effort and design that went into figuring out all the moves i think i think the so wait, neutral or something threw out a splat cases? bomb or something as well too so there's lots of different projectiles as well as close-up melee attacks which was cool so you're saying this isn't just a reface of smash 4 no no it is not <laughs> definitively not, not a reface of smash 4 <laughs> But, uh, yeah, um, and Ridley, Ridley was pretty cool as well. He's um, pretty slow, very big. Um, he's much, I mean, he's much heavier than I expected him. Yeah. Like, at least when I was playing, I noticed, like, almost every single smash attack someone did against me, like, he didn't go very far. He didn't have a lot of, um, like, falling damage mm-hmm. or fly damage. Um, and he was, like, all of his moves were pretty slow, but if you hit him, they, they hit pretty hard. So I was kind of expecting him to be, like, a little bit more of an intermediate character where he... He would be pretty powerful, but he would also be Ridley's a little bit more too agile. Big. <laughs> yeah, because so. we should have seen that coming. Yeah, but yeah, no, he he was definitely cool. Uh, again, a lot of his moves I did not really understand, and I just want to keep playing as him. <laughs> After playing this demo, I just can't wait for December. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like to have this game everywhere I go and play it all the time when friends come over. It's gonna yeah. be gonna be awesome. So um, definitely, definitely excited for Smash, and I can tell there's gonna be a lot, a lot of. Uh, a lot of good times on the way. And PSA, uh, 
I think it was in today, Best Buy announced that they're doing, uh, they're going to be having demos of Smash Bros kind of around the country at different Best Buys, more in, in larger cities, but um, you can look up the list of exactly where all those are mm-hmm. going to be, and that's starting, I believe, this weekend. I forget yeah. what city. There's but. one in So you might Bellevue. be able to go check it out and try it out. Yeah, if you're in the Northwest, which I know a lot of listeners are, that's where we're based, um, there's one in the Seattle area, which is cool, coming in a couple weeks. But, yeah, very cool. Um, And also, the DK rap is confirmed to be in the game, in case you were wondering. (laughs) We played the DK Congo level from Melee. Oh, man. DK rap was the background level, and just the remixed, um, the remastered versions of the Melee levels looked gorgeous. Like, they looked really, really pretty um, on on the big screen. So, um, awesome job done by um, the Smash team, as usual. Um, so next game we're going to talk about is uh, we actually got to play a couple rounds of Gambit. Um, that is the new uh, PvP. Um, PvP, PvE. PvP, yeah, where you're also doing co-op but also fighting other human players um, in Destiny 2. And it's awesome because Bungie had it set up in uh, basically a bunch of computers. And you could use either keyboard and mouse or a controller. And one thing I appreciate is you could switch on the fly between either one if you have them both plugged in. So, like, I tried mouse and keyboard just to see what it was like. And after flailing around like an idiot, not knowing what I was doing, I just picked up the controller and instantly switched over control styles, which was nice. Um, you would fail at a keyboard and mouse. I would. I I have not played uh, hardly any FPSs that way. But I've... I feel, Everyone, I feel like that would have been my go-to was the keyboard yeah. and mouse. No, it was. Uh, I, I was impressed that he tried it because usually I, I didn't try it. I just played with the controller. I basically bailed after like three minutes because I couldn't figure out the key to like input the little motes into the bank. I'm tapping all these buttons frantically. I'm like, okay, screw it. I'm just using the controller. But <laughs> um, yeah, Nathan, that was really your first time kind of playing it with a big group of friends and stuff. What did you think of the experience? It was... It literally made me go and buy like the <laughs> Destiny Two Forsaken expansion. It literally sold today. you on a sixty dollars expansion. Sold me on like the sixty dollars, well forty dollars expansion, but then twenty dollars for the other two that I hadn't bought. So sixty dollars in total, because the game mode was so fun. Basically, what you're doing is it's the best way I can describe it is it's somewhat similar to like Horde mode, but it's a race uh, or not Horde mode. Um, Salmon Run from Splatoon Two. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. two teams basically racing against each other. Um, except occasionally you can kind of go in and distract and try and kill the other team. So it is a lot of fun. Playing at PAX was really cool because we got to use the uh, new bow. Yeah, the new exotic which bow. Which feels mm. very, very... Space bows, Rob? I told you it was like a month or two ago when they announced this. Space bows have literally changed Destiny, and it's amazing. They feel so good. They feel perfect. Like when I just feel a- like, like I said when we, we talked about this last time, I was like, I just feel like every game's got a bow now. Yep, oh. it's true. Best bow in Breath any video game ever made. Like this, beats, Dawn, this beats all of Horizon Zero Origins. Dawn's like, bows. It just feels so good, just with, with how much really? fun it is. Oh, you're going to make that claim. Yep. Man. I'll say it. Shots fired. Right. <laughs> Shots are fired. Yeah, I would actually arrows are fired, but oh, okay, okay, good. <laughs> no, it, it felt but, really good, and but it um, felt good. It was a lot of fun. We were, we were, were we playing on PC? Yeah, yeah, we were playing, we were playing on, playing PC, on PCs, and but so you could use PS4. Controllers, you could use PS4 controllers nice. as well. Um, it was okay. a lot of fun because we had eight people, so we got four people, literally four people on each team, yes. and got to play against. So each we other. knew who we were playing against. Super close stuff. rounds. It's best two out of three. So um, I think my team won the first round. Jeff, your team won the second yep. round. And then we came, but barely came back and won the third. Yeah. Round, so, so lots of really intense moments. Super fun, and um, they actually had a free trial this weekend. So yeah, hopefully, uh, you, hopefully you got to, to try it if you're interested. Out. But uh, I I will go on to say it seems you know. I've only played a couple rounds and stuff. We'll see where I stand in a couple months. But I think this may be the best um, game mode that Bungie has ever made in any of their games, like, period. Like, it's literally that fun. I could just imagine playing this over and over nonstop, especially with friends. And it is just a really good time. So definitely... There you go from Jeff's mouth right there. Yeah. Definitely be uh, checking that a lot more uh, this week since Forsaken actually dropped today. So uh, we'll be playing that a lot this week. Um, so next game, and if you want Destiny Two, it is on PS Plus right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you can play the original game and play through the whole main story. Yeah, excuse me. If so. you if you get it on PS Plus and uh, want to play with Nathan, also, and I, you can if you let buy, us know. If you spend like at least thirty dollars at Best Buy right now, they're giving away Destiny copies of Destiny Two. <laughs> That's so, so funny. All the all the free Destiny Twos to get you to buy the expansions, exactly. right? Yeah, uh, pretty much. No, it makes sense, but. Uh, next game we played was Soul Calibur 6, um, which is the new Soul Calibur game. 
Um, Coming out in October. Go October. I mean, Nathan and I have been kind of on and off Soul Calibur fans. We've played, messed around with a couple of different games in the franchise. We're pretty equally matched, and I feel like in our history, like what we've played. Yeah, we we both played. I think Soul Calibur two a lot. Rob, have you played Soul Calibur at all? Are you a fan? I've played a little bit of Soul Calibur. I don't remember which edition, um, but a couple of the yeah. different ones, the earlier it, ones, like one, two, or three the early ones or four, were somewhere the best in there. Ones. One and two, especially, were, were super good. Um, you know, two obviously most of us played because Link was in the GameCube version. <laughs> that yep. was awesome. I remember playing the one with um, uh, Yoda. Yeah, that was Soul Calibur four. That was three sixty. Yeah, four, I had that four. one. I, I played four a lot. Almost one of my favorite. That was one the most. That was a good one. Well. But yeah, there's, there's been guest characters in the in the series ever since Soul Calibur two, and so this one's uh, guest character is Geralt from uh, The Witcher. So he's in there. He's front and center on the cover. Nathan, I did not play as him. But uh, we just had a super close match. It was uh, best, I think, three best out of five. five yeah. yeah. We had a super close match back and forth the entire time. It is definitely the most flashiest Street Fighter I've seen. Like, there's so many, there like, some... things going yeah. on. I mean, we didn't, like, we didn't really know any of the combos because it's yeah. a new game and we just were playing a demo. But we there's this new, like, rock, paper, scissors mechanic where basically if you press it, um, it kind of chooses one person or the other who... It does the super flashy animation. They like charge at each other. Charge each other. There's like a ring of fire that goes around you, and they clash. And then depending on who kind of wins or if you tie, um, either one person gets some damage or the other, or so and so. I don't really understand how it actually works, <laughs> but it was super fun to watch and play. And like I had so many moments where we we're just like, oh, oh my goodness, or, oh that was amazing, you know. And so many great turnarounds and comebacks too. Like it never feels like you're out of a fight. Yeah. Um, in Soul Calibur, which I've always appreciated yeah. from that series and. Yeah, it was it just was, a lot of it fun. Was, it was really, really fun. It was made me be like, oh, man, why is this game also coming out yeah. this fall? Like, there's so many games coming out. And this if it this game came out in, like, July or something like that, I could mm-hmm. so, totally see myself picking it up. But yeah. for now, it'll probably It was a lot more wait. fun than I expected, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And cool. it has a cool mechanic where the more you beat people up, their clothes get more and more ripped off. <laughs> that, that's been in the series for a while, but uh, it was good okay. to see the future well, return. It was nice to, nice to see it return, I guess. <laughs> it was full on, like, Samurai Jack style, where, like, by the end, I had a samurai sword and, like, a loincloth, and it yes. was pretty ridiculous. It could but, be a little scandalous, but... Yes, it's yes. true. It's uh, true. So don't, don't let your children children play this game, I guess. <laughs> but but uh, def- definitely some fun times there. Um, so next thing we want to talk about was one we actually mentioned uh, last week on the show, and that is uh, Biomutant, which is... Kind of a action adventure combat shooting game where you play as mutated, cute little animals, and you go around a creepy, apocalyptic mutant world and beat up monsters. And it was pretty fun. I was actually pretty impressed by the demo. Yeah, I this was when something I, I watched. Go ahead, Rob. I watched the the GamesCon. They had their their demo. I watched that the other day, and I was kind of you know because you had mentioned it last week on the show, Nathan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so when I watched it. Kind of made me think of like Ratchet and Clank, kind of yes, that old totally. school, like kind of that that feel for the game with the weapons just being a little bit different, you know, and a little different flavor. And the sarcastic commentation was great, also. So it's really funny that you say that, Rob, because after we finished the demo, Jeff turned to me and he's like, "This game feels like Ratchet and Clank." Like he literally <laughs> said the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah, that was that was my definitely my first impression. Um, but it, there is, it is, I think, a little bit more like melee combat focused than Ratchet yeah. is, where you know Ratchet's pretty much all about the guns and the different crazy weapons. While this one felt like I was doing a lot more like smacking yeah, melee this, combos, but this one there was, was much guns more as well. like kind of not rhythm based, but like you kind of got in a groove with the combat, similar mm-hmm. to like Arkham games and games of yeah. that genre where you're pressing yeah. square and triangle and dashing and evading to evade certain attacks mm-hmm. and uh i didn't know if you noticed but there was like little like comic book symbols that pop yeah. up and you did stuff like it's like, like pow boom. and boom yeah. and stuff like that which yeah, that was, I thought was cool. a, a neat little that's which, awesome that's awesome for the most part like the game's art style is obviously like kind of fantasy-esque with you know the animals and stuff like that but it's kind of almost hyper realistic it looks more way. realistic it's not like uh, yeah. it doesn't look like a pixar movie or something yeah. like like, like it doesn't look no, like ratchet no. like it's definitely very going for a realism but also kind of throwing in a gritty animal mutant look as well yeah but overall i thought the demo was pretty fun it was a 20 minute demo which was nice yeah. so we, we got to play oh, for wow. a while yeah so you you kind of get dropped into the world it kind of 
teaches you how to play combat and leads you through a certain scenario and you finish with a boss fight mm. um that's not too hard i was is it the same one that was shown in the gamescon um <laughs> i can't remember which he, like one eats you at the end and you gotta gamescon go beat up one. his like heart or something like that yeah 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 okay that was the same yep. one in gamescon yep. yeah. that, that was so, the one we got to play but my, so i will cool say my only you to see it and then play it my only yeah. concern really was um halfway through the demo you get like into your mech suit which is kind of i think the draw of the game is you know your little animals driving mechs and i felt like the gameplay wasn't as fun when i was in the mech like i definitely felt it was a lot more fun exploring and running around on foot and doing the melee combos as your character rather than the mech so yeah the the mech suit i was like oh this could be a nice aside for maybe like a couple minutes but i definitely enjoyed the time when you were playing just as your character yeah so hopefully yeah there's more options to the mech or more more crazy abilities like you know i think of like titanfall right like there's lots of different mechs you could play and they all had lots of different really cool powerful abilities to experiment and this felt like you walk around slowly and shoot a rocket so exactly uh but yeah definitely definitely a lot of fun um definitely kind of keep it on on our radar it's not coming out till next year so still a while for rob i'm gonna ask you so you weren't actually at pax but uh what what do you want us to talk about next year on, on the list what are you curious about yes Let's talk about Dunk Lords, because I'm actually kind of <laughs> yes. curious about this one. So Dunk Lords uh, was over in the indie indie corner. So this was made by a very small team. I think it's primarily one developer. And if you look at this game like a screenshot, you're going to instantly think of one game, and that game is NBA Jam. This is 2v2 basketball, where it's all about dunking. Like You don't have to be on fire to do insane dunks. You literally just jump up you know, 50 feet and do crazy moves and dunk it. Um, but one thing I really appreciate about this was it's not like NBA licensed or anything. You play as a really, really crazy cast of characters. So there's like crazy robots. I played as scientists. Yeah, I played as a giant Russian guy who had like a pet monkey that could go like send and steal the ball from people and do like like uh he looked like he had a move like Zangi from Street Fighter where he like spun his arms around and could smack people around. Um, but every character has their own special abilities that they can use and different statistics and then Um, based on how you play um, and what dunks you do and where you shoot the ball, um, you actually earn money and then you can use that money between quarters um, to buy different upgrades and like spec your character in certain ways. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Between quarters? Yeah, so at the end of every quarter, there's like, it pauses and it takes everyone to a character selection screen and each team has a certain amount of money they've earned. And with that money, you can buy upgrades. Like, uh, what were some upgrades you got? Like, yeah, I had one that, like, uh, reduced the shot clock time for the other team. There was another one that um, made basically a tornado spawn anytime I. Uh, you tried to, like, I think basically I punch did an uppercut or something like yeah. that. And so, like, there's offensive ones, there's defensive ones, there's passive abilities that increase, like, stats and stuff. And so, there's and really a lot other. of different options. Yes, you, you can uppercut if you if you choose to. It's very, yeah, so you know how like, very, uh, in physical. NBA Jam you could like shove people to try and yeah, yeah. try and seal the ball? Similar to that mechanic, except you're just punching them instead. So this is like fantasy, sci-fi, NBA Jam. <laughs> this was like a top. developer who was like, oh my gosh, I love NBA Jam. I don't have the NBA license. Here's a cool new th- tricks that I thought of that I could add into mm-hmm. the game to make it more interesting. Like, what are some crazy powers I could throw into a basketball game and... Wasn't yeah. it last week or two weeks ago or sometime recently? We it were was talking literally on the show last about, week when we were talking. We were talking about, about arcade basketball games and how <laughs> we really wish we could get an arcade basketball last. game back. And here we go, Dunk Lords comes right out, and it's fun to play, right? Yeah, it was fun to play. I, I have to it. say, I um, so it was myself, uh, Jeff, and then uh, another guest friend of the show, Sir Mister Fields, who who were all together. We went to play this game and we played with a rando. And somehow Jeff and Adam, Sir Mr. Fields, ended up on the same team. And I am not very good at those. Like, I have fun with them, but I'm not very good at um, NBA Jam games. Adam and games. I are, like, long-time yes, NBA Yes, they're long-time like, MJM veterans. fans. So the final score of the game was, like, 42 to 10 or something like that. It was, it was pretty lopsided. <laughs> I will say I did not decide the teams. I was the last person to hit controller. I just pushed A. But, yeah, it feels like this will be a really great four-player game. Um, they're targeting a release at the end of this year they said it might or slip early into year, early yeah. next year but it's coming Steam out on xbox and, uh, xbox for now yeah, and xbox maybe and which kind of bums me out because i only have one xbox one controller and i don't want to buy this game to have all my friends cruddle, huddle around you know a, a computer using a bunch of controllers on steam either so yeah. i'll probably wait for a switch or a ps4 release because i have more controllers for those systems but yep. definitely a lot of fun i stiff on my radar i think i think i'll probably get this um at some point but yeah awesome yeah. 
it was really really cool it was a uh, good to see but um we did get to play a little bit of shovel knight um in rails of aether which we talked about last week which um was really fun i actually won my one game i played a shovel knight which was which wow. was awesome at the booth i was prepared That's to get bodied but good. yeah i pulled it pulled it off um but yeah did you want to say anything about that quickly, he, Nathan? he just feels so perfect to what that character is like all of his moves are from the from his game um there his even his taunt like you can buy yes. jewels and and upgrades and stuff like that um yeah. with the jewels taunting literally from... brings in up the in-game store from the shovel knight game and you can buy things based on money you've collected throughout the fight which you just get from like smacking characters around yeah so, so super super cool and he was, was really it, really fun to play was his, his smash moves were really powerful sorry rob go ahead oh was uh dan there yeah he was right? we, we got to no. got to say hi to dan and yeah. chat with him for a bit and stuff there, shout out to him for yeah, uh, being on the show a few yeah, and it's, months ago. It is the final uh, DLC piece for Rivals. It's coming out this month on Steam. So um, definitely, I'm sure they are glad to uh, wrap up their DLC and get that final character in there. Then I know they are uh, working, on, uh, working on a port for Switch and stuff uh, coming up You know, probably next year. So def- definitely cool. Check, probably, check out that DLC. Yeah, we should, get, we should get him on the show and see what, what comes after Rivals of Aether. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be cool. Maybe we'll finally make that Lord of the Rings exclusive game he's been wanting to do. Deep <laughs> <laughs> cut. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention really quick, we got to play some mini games from Super Mario Party. Yeah. Which was cool. Um, the mini games were pretty mo- standard Mario Party-ish. Like, some of them were really fun. Others weren't as yeah. much fun. It felt very Mario Party 8 to me, where there was a lot of, like, gimmicky motion control ones. Like, I was trying to flip over this little cube of meat on a frying pan and i kept like flinging it out of the pan for some reason i was like terrible at it but like the other people in my demo did fine so maybe i'm just an idiot but um you gotta practice your cooking yeah exactly but i don't know there was only like one or two games that used more of a standard control the other ones were more motion-based which i'm guessing was for the demo build particularly trying to show off the joy con the power of the switch i did like how it was that new mini game mode where basically you select five pre pre-listed mini games you play through them with your group and based on how you place and what time you finish it will give you a certain amount of points so it's not just oh this person won three mini games they're the champion it's whoever has the best cumulative score uh based on all five games um wins which i thought was cool and that mode is going to be online too when uh, mario party comes yeah out. yeah it was uh there was uh, pretty much all the games we played were ones that they've shown, I think, in trailers and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So nothing too crazy. <laughs> it was a crazy tricycle game. <laughs> like trying to row the tricycle along by twisting the controller out of it. Dude, was I got second, but the person who got third was literally one one hundredth of a second behind. Oh my gosh. <laughs> crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, no, yeah, that, that game will be fun. Yep. It'll be a good game. I think it'll be good. Good, good. Um, good party Rob, game. Anything else you're curious about or want to shout out before we move on? So the only one on our list, so we have a list of a couple of games that they, they, they've played. The only one on, my, on the list here that I'm really curious what this game is even all about is Supermarket Shriek. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> this game is I've exactly about what it every, sounds. I've heard about all the rest, but this is the one that I have not heard of. Yeah. No, you are in a supermarket. You are either a boy or a goat. They are both in, this, in the uh, shopping cart together. And they are shrieking and yelling to basically per- jet propulsion the the shopping cart through the different aisles of the shopping mart until you reach the goal at the end of the of the of the store. Exactly. Basically, so this is like Goat Simulator with screaming. Uh, I've never played Goat Not Simulator, really. so I can't speak to that. But I can say we play. We got to play multiplayer. I think there's a single player as well. But the multiplayer yeah. is where it shines because each Co-op. person. Yeah, co-op. Each person basically presses either R2 or L2 to turn left or right. Um, and pressing them both at the same time makes you go straight. So you have to work with the other person to move the shopping cart around obstacles and do it either in a certain amount of time or there's like a time attack challenge where you're trying to collect more time as you go through the level and stuff like that. It was absolutely hilarious because the goat is literally like sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> And they just make great facial animations. And when you die, like, this isn't a normal supermarket. Like, there's, like, fiery pits you jump over, like, electrocution rods, spikes and stuff. So 
Obviously, to... you guys haven't been to my supermarket because this sounds like my daily commute. We need to go, apparently. No, <laughs> it, no. it, it was, it was hilarious. It was really funny. It was really funny. I could see this game being super fun like to play at a party or something or yeah. with a lot of people. And the dev uh, yeah. did say there yeah. is, like a, uh, I think, a four-player four mode, too. So like everyone can kind of have their own shopping cart and race around and crash into each other. And you're just kind of twisting and turning through levels top-down and stuff. But... Um, definitely definitely pretty a cool. pretty funny idea it was it was uh, definitely worth worth checking out for sure awesome so, yeah that game was a uh, supermarket shriek so i uh, definitely look it up yep but yeah i think that pretty much covers pretty much everything we play at pax there's a couple other games um i just want to give a quick shout out to super meat boy forever which is the long-awaited sequel to super meat boy and um, the whole game is basically an auto runner which means you don't have to hold right and the trigger to sprint anymore um, which is nice. You can just focus on the jumping and punching and ducking. But every single level in the game has 100 different little segments and like screens, and it jumbles them together based on what difficulty you're playing and what levels you've played before. So every time you play this game, even if it's a level you've beaten, it will look different every single time. And so this game is going to be wow. such a fresh game. Like I was just impressed by the scale of the auto generation like this isn't like a cheap like cash in auto runner like or you know endless runner or something this is a really really fun game that has really solid mechanics and definitely has an insane challenge from the very beginning too so um, nice yeah so if you love super meat boy one this is going to be a great game for you and it is coming out on the switch which i think is going to be a perfect perfect place for it as well too cool nice yeah but uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers everything at our PAX experience. Anything about PAX in general that you wanted uh, to mention, Nathan, or anything? Uh, no, it's was, it was my first time going to PAX, so it was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, we only I only got to go for one day, but it was neat to walk around the show floor, and there's lots of cool cosplay, and oh yeah, uh, the devs basic or a lot of the devs just basically I think bring a lot of their E3 setups and displays and stuff yeah. like that that they yeah. bring around all summer. So yeah, so some of the booths were like really impressive. Like, the uh, Resident Evil 2 booth was, like, yeah, basically a, a huge, like, what was it? It was, like, like a haunted mansion. Huge haunted mansion, basically. Like, 16 feet high. You couldn't see anything. You couldn't actually see inside or anything. Yeah, like so the that. line actually went in, and you played the Resident Evil 2 demo in, like, this really, really dark, like, haunted mansion, which was That's so <laughs> typical. Yeah. And, uh, it sounds exactly like, like what I would expect from them. Yeah, and like at the PlayStation booth, they, it was all about Spider-Man mostly. And so they literally had it set up so it looked like New York. And you saw giant billboards, you know, about the mayor of New York and giant buildings everywhere. They had a life-size statue of Spider-Man from the game. And they were giving out Daily Bugle newspapers that had, like, articles written from Spider-Man lore characters talking about, you know, things you know, happened in the game and stuff like that. So just really, really cool. It's awesome that I now own like an actual daily bugle thing that was made (laughs) by Marvel technically, you know? So just, just really, really cool. Um, Well put together displays by, um, but you avoided that booth because you don't want any spoilers. Yeah. I I blinded my eyes to the gameplay. I saw someone in like a subway level. And I'm like, that's gotta be a shocker fight. I'm not watching. I'm not watching. I did see that one of the puddles was a little bit smaller. So (laughs) Oh, we should riot. <laughs> I, I have officially blacked out on everything this game. I'm not watching any trailers. I'm not looking at reviews. Reviews dropped today and everything. I don't want to know anything. The game comes out in three days. I just want to get my hands on it and play it and uh, experience it for myself. Yes. So. And you'll have to let us know if the puddles yeah. are indeed smaller than they're supposed yeah. I to be. I don't even know what the deal with that thing is. I, I'm just going <laughs> to play the game and not worry about any controversies that are probably non-issues. Yes. So... Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and jump into what we have been playing. Rob, we've been talking for a while. Why don't you start us off here? What have you been playing this week? All right, so I played a little bit more No Man's Sky. I got off the starting world, which was crazy hazardous. I finally got off to this world that Good. was like all water and stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I got onto a space station and everything. So I've been kind of you know getting the experience of the game and everything, and you know building up my resources and and equipment and everything. So so far, it's not horrible. Not horrible. <laughs> Put that on the back of the box. Not horrible. Rob Douglas. Right. They probably would have killed Turco like that at the game's launch. There's your there's your official review is that it's not horrible. I wouldn't say it's a game that I'm gonna be drawn to every single time I'm like, hey, I got you know 20, 30 minutes to play a game. Let me sit down and play No Man's Sky. No, mm-hmm. not gonna happen. But you know, post launch two years. 
three years, whatever, you know, 30 years, however long it's been since they actually released this game and updates and everything. Some of the stuff is actually pretty fun. I was getting really into the base building and collecting resources so I could build my really ghetto lean-to wood shack. Oh, you you actually messed with the base building? See, that's the part of the game because it wasn't in there at launch, and then when I went back, I was just kind of doing the resource stuff. So I haven't done anything with that, so... Yeah, I, I actually got to try it out a little bit. It's actually, it's kind of fun. Um, you know, as much as any game where you build stuff, like that's the appeal of like Minecraft and The Sims is you get to build stuff. So as much as that is, it's kind of along that same lines, only you kind of like, oh, I need to get uh, Fenerite and or ferret dust and all this stuff and you know whatever other resources they tell you to get in order to build this piece and then you're like oh I don't have enough so I have to go get this so that kind of adds an extra challenge to it so, so wait, are that's you, been fun is does the game work where you're building things to gain resources or is it the other way around where you're gathering resources so you can build stuff you gather resources so you can build stuff, but the things you build are things like you can build a shelter on a really inhospitable planet that doesn't have shelters anywhere nearby. So buildings kind of build... have a purpose as like shelter? And as you build the – well, and even more so than that, you can actually put like equipment and stuff inside of it and like uh, resource changes and, you know, chests and that sort of thing. I mean, it's like building a house in Minecraft. So it's just like a house? house to like store stuff. but it... and, and you can use, you... You can use it for purposes and – set up bases and stuff and you can get extra things off of it as well i believe eventually you if you get far enough into it you can also like build like bases where you can like trade with other people and even set up like frigates that are trade carrying your goods hmm. and it's it's pretty Sounds in depth <laughs> but i think that's yeah so you can actually use it as like time. a money yeah you can actually use it to get money so it, it has a purpose a reward system in in game essentially but so have you hit yeah. the, uh, like, about six-hour uh, repetitive gameplay loop yet? Because I, I loved no, my experience in the first six hours, and after that it was kind of repetitive and it lost me. Have you have you hit that time yet? I think I've only put in two hours into the game okay. total. So as, right. as far as game, I haven't, I haven't hit the six-hour yet, as well as I feel like with some of the extra stuff, that six-hour might be closer to seven. So, <laughs> all right. Well, you'll have to let us for know. Two years to make people play seven hours. One more six. hour of gameplay. That's good. So, good good for this. What else? What else um, are you playing, Rob? So I, uh, I talked. I played um, a game called Armello, which is I bought it not too long ago. Um, it was in a humble bundle, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and uh, the best way to describe it is just you know how steam describes it it's a, a grim fairy tale board game come to life with every match combining deep tactical card play rich tabletop strategy and rpg elements so is it like a card game like uh there's like... cards there's rpg stuff there's heroes it's like and it's set up on like a hexagon type board like like what you'd see for like settlers of Catan. There's a political thing, kind of Game of Thrones style political yeah. stuff. And it's like animals, on. like right, like you play and it's as animals. Yeah, you play creatures. as animals. Yeah, and they're different. Like clans are the different animal, like, and you play as the hero of that clan, essentially. And so is, it, is it like turn-based, like tactics type stuff, or is it more like about like, resources? Yeah, like civilization, like civilization type turn-based, okay. and like at the start of each turn, you have different resources like magic and money and uh, like a corruption type uh play base in there as well and like you're drawing cards and you're spending cards and you're fighting heroes and you're exploring the map as well as claiming settlements and exploring dungeons and everything and like there's like four or five different ways that you can win a game um like five different types of victories you can win cool uh and so you know, I only played through the the tutorial, the prologue type thing they have that kind of teaches you how to play and what you're doing and kind of sets up the world and all. And it's really pretty fascinating. I'm I'm actually enjoying it a lot. So there you go. Cool. And you nice. said you got it in Humble Bundle. I did, but I've been eyeballing it for a long time. It's been on my Steam wish list for probably two years. So. Okay. 
Nice. So I just saw it and I was like, oh, it's in this bundle with Gotta a bunch it. of other games that I'm kind of interested <laughs> in, so I might as well do it now. And then I also downloaded the NBA Live 19 demo. I know, Nathan, you did that as well. So I did. I did. What are, you, uh, what are your thoughts? Are you guys always like checking out NBA Live here just to see uh, how much every not year, better it like is? The last like, two or three years, I, I've downloaded the demo to check it out and see how it compares. So I'm curious yeah, to hear it, your it, thoughts, Rob. So here's the thing. Maybe I just didn't experienced nba live 18 as much as this one or maybe i didn't understand the mechanics or something i actually really enjoyed playing this one and i know nathan you were talking about it you didn't see much of a difference between the two yeah honestly the gameplay felt very similar it still still feels like very arcadey like the the Mm -hmm. biggest difference i can say between nba live and 2k19 is it's much easier like your character will yeah. be able to get to the basket easier. He will make more contested shots. Um, that's a little bit less realistic, which I don't know if they're going for realistic style or not, but it just feels a lot more arcadey. So, which you said I don't was know if they, what were. they were kind of going for the year before, too. I, believe I remember, so. right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But the, the main, yeah, and I agree. I, I felt like it was a little easier to do some of the basketball moves and kind of get to the rim and everything. And, and that was fun for me. And I enjoyed that. Um, but one of the coolest things is that you basically build your own squad. Oh yeah, and so, you can have both. You can have both WNBA players as well as NBA players. So you can have like the squad built of like. Well, that's cool. I had like Maya Moore with uh, like Kevin Knox on the same team. I'm like, <laughs> this is really low level team, but here I am playing with two, you know, really an M- an NBA and a WNBA, which is really cool to see. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, that. And was- they're not like. They don't like lower their difficulty or their level or anything. Being like, "Oh, you're a woman, therefore, you know, you're going to be a worse player." They mm-hmm. actually compete at that same level. And I know, like, some of the higher up NBA or uh, WNBA players are are even up there with some of the the best of the NBA players. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that that did seem that was a new feature. Is last year, like with my crew and my player, at least on the demo, you could just kind of play through certain set things. In this one, you're doing the same thing. You're playing through different park animations and kind of around the world, but each each time you're like unlocking a new character that you can select to be on your team or a new person that you can select to be on your team. And there's also like card packs and things you can unlock as well. So it has the loot box kind of hey. grind like every other NBA game. live does get credit in my book. Cause it is not stooping to the Fortnite level craze that 2k 19 is doing. <laughs> they put out a trailer this last week. We all watched it and they're doing mm-hmm. all the players are literally doing Fortnite dance moves. They have crazy dodgeball mode that basically is Fortnite. It's like battle royale dodgeball. They have like crazy like outfits for microtransactions that are like brightly colored and crazy like Fortnite. Can we just like make a really quick statement here though? Have you watched NBA players before? They're all doing Fortnite dances, as well as have you seen them when they walk into the into the arena before they put on their uniform, the outfits that they wear? This isn't too far off. Let's be uh, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that is actually pretty true, especially if you're like Russell Westbrook or something. I'm talking specifically the trailer, though. Like, uh, it yeah, is yeah. full on, oh, hey, stop weird. playing Fortnite, play NBA 2K, and give us your microtransaction yep, money, because yep. that's what you guys do in Fortnite is microtransactions, and we love that here at 2K. So, but, Nathan, you actually got a chance to play the 2K19 demo. I'm going to download it and play it probably yeah. here in the next few days, but... What do you think? So 2K19 demo is called The Prelude. You basically get to play the first chapter of the My Career mode, which um, was really cool because the first chapter starts you off in China. Mm-hmm. So the entire time you're playing in China um, and you, it's cool because they're trying to immerse you in the experience. So like you have a translator that kind of translates stuff for you, but like all of your teammates and your coach and stuff will talk to you in um, like uh, Mandarin. And there's no <laughs> subtitles or anything like That's that. Hilarious. So the developers have talked about how they're really trying to make you feel like an actual NBA a basketball player from America would feel going to play in China, like yeah. getting having no idea what the culture is like and stuff like that. Um, the story. Are I'm, you interested in that? Is, is the NBA fan? Do you want to see what is the experience like playing in China? Are you every single year? Two K gets more and more dramatic. Uh-huh. Their, yeah, my yeah. career story. Like who was dying to hear yeah, the like, autobiography of a random player who went to China? Like yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll just say it's better than last year because last year they had uh, this. You were you basically were a DJ, oh, gosh. and <laughs> you had given up playing basketball, oh. and then you competed in a random street ball tournament and got an invite. To okay, it. it was very okay. unrealistic. I, give him points for so that. It's this step this up is at least. Definitely better this is than last way year. Way more realistic. Um, I'm kind. I was kind of interested and drawn in with the 
with the characters and what, what was happening. So I'm curious to see. You're more. interested. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely you'll, you'll interested. Okay. Um, and the gameplay felt rock solid. Felt pretty good as, as usual. So traditional in 2K19. Yes, felt, or 2K. It didn't feel too crazy different from 2K18 as far as gameplay and stuff like that. So yeah, if mm-hmm. you like that, you'll like this. Cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. I played. We talked about Gambit already, which yeah, like I said, so much fun. Yes. <laughs> I see a lot of Gambit in our future. Um, I did want to shout out the. I am uh, doing a review for Flipping Death. I am playing that on the Nintendo Switch. Um, that's from uh, Zoink Games and uh, published by Thunderful. And it's kind of a spiritual successor to Stick It to the Man, which, which we actually reviewed um, last year on the show, I believe. Um, so if you remember that review, it's kind of a sequel to that and a lot of the same sense of humor and uh, even kind of gameplay, but really, really fun, uh, crazy writing and instances, but I will be kind of giving a full review, uh, in a future episode. I, I definitely want to get a lot of time into this one before I kind of break it down more, but cool. Sounds good. I'm enjoying my time mostly, uh, with it in the hour or so I've played, um, but I did want to really talk about Robinson the Journey, which is uh, the newest VR game I've been playing on PSVR. And uh, this game is made by Crytek, and so it's one of the best-looking visually games on uh, PSVR. Like, if you've played they're any, the, of, the, any they, of the Crisis the games. The Crisis games yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. They know their super... engines and getting systems to make things look beautiful most famously for burning everyone's pcs and making them have to buy new computers <laughs> like when they realized crisis 2 or something it's like yeah pcs 10 years in the future won't even be able to run this game in max settings like <laughs> just crazy um so yeah it's one of the best looking at least realistically um uh gra- graphical games on the psvr which is cool but the whole idea is like robinson crusoe where you've crash landed on this alien planet and you basically wake up, and you're this kid, and there's dinosaurs that are inhabited. So you find this dinosaur egg. Is it like a first-person perspective? Yeah, it's first-person perspective. Okay. So you're you're walking around little – it's basically like a walking simulator. You're walking through different areas of this jungle uh, planet. You have a little dinosaur kind of pet that you've kind of adopted. Um, and, yeah, I really, really like the world. You can scan things and add them to, like, your catalog. So – just going around and exploring and scanning things is pretty fun. Um, however, I will say there's not really much direction in the game, so you're kind of wandering through these VR places, going through the boundaries of each little area, looking for the right thing to do or the right place to go, and it gets kind of old quickly. I don't so know. So you'd if... like a little more hand-holding almost. Well, I, it would be good to have some type of an objective marker. Oh, okay, so it's basically just mm. like It literally will stuff just and... put you there and say, oh, like we're having trouble getting power on. And so you just wander through a giant thing and you're in VR. So you want to go up and look at things, but it's like, you're just looking at all these random things going, is this what I need to do? Is this what I need to do? And I, I was climbing a wall in this one area. Cause it told me to like climb up there and, and grab this thing. And I climbed up and I was like hanging out on this ridge for like 15 minutes, you know, trying to manipulate and grab all these things. And in VR, there's way more things to manipulate and grab and look than in real world. So it, makes everything take way longer as well yeah. and i don't know maybe it's just just the opening but um it is it is a it is a little slow i haven't really got to see any giant dinosaurs up close yet so hopefully once i get there it'll be like this amazing jurassic park moment and i'll just be all filled uh with wonder but um it definitely is an interesting premise and a beautiful world i just i'm hoping there's more to the gameplay so we'll see but uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up today's show. Um, anything else you guys wanted to uh, shout out? Uh, this is kind of the biggest uh, week in gaming, in my opinion. Uh, we're getting NBA 2K, Spider-Man, Destiny Forsaken all this week, which are all games that we are all is, love and are excited uh, for. Dragon Quest Eleven came out today, too. I don't play Dragon Quest, but it's a JRPG. Well, Dragon Quest Eleven is actually pretty interesting because I think this is the first Dragon Quest game that's actually come to PC. Oh, okay. oh wow! I did not know that. I know it's the first. I, I saw on... some fun fact about it like that, and I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brad will correct me on that. And <laughs> well, I know it's the the first yeah. release on consoles since uh, Dragon Quest Eight, I believe. So the last like mainline game, Nintendo. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, enough to be said. There is Hopefully something something for, for everyone. Yeah, yeah, something exactly. for everyone to mm-hmm. play. Kickoff of the fall, crazy busy season. Yes. Especially if you're on PlayStation, because you get Spider Man, which looks to be. Like the be- one of the best single player experiences of the year, so yes. we will definitely be hitting you with some early impressions of that game as well as some more Destiny impressions um, next week. Are you guys picking up 2K this weekend? Or are you going to wait? 
Rob? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I want to, but uh, I, well, make your predictions I, I think now. I'm, I, I I think I'm gonna wait because I did get the Forsaken expansion, and all that stuff today. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna have to wait on on 2K until maybe like the actual basketball season starts, which is yeah. in October or something yeah. like that. So I'm sure Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, we might pick too. that. Yeah. But anyways, thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at HeyListen underscore games. We would love to chat with you guys on there. Um, We are also now on Google Play. So if you listen to Google Music, you can find us, um, our podcast on there now. And we'd love for you guys to check us out on there if you use that um, app for podcasts. And we're also on iTunes, as usual. You can find us on Spreaker.com. Uh, but yeah, leave us a review on uh, Google Play if you wanted to uh, help us out. We're just on there. Uh, no reviews yet or anything. That would be uh, one way you could help the show if you enjoy what we're doing. We'd love to hear what you like about the show. And if you have any constructive uh, feedback as well, uh, we're always uh, looking for ways to improve the show, make it better. So um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we will leave you with the main theme from uh, Destiny 2 Forsaken. Have a great week, everyone. And we will see you next time. See ya. See ya.